What's up, you guys? My name is Mick Krasnowski, and welcome to episode 11 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today is a special episode because instead of directly interviewing a successful digital nomad entrepreneur, I'm actually turning the focus onto this podcast and my business, That Remote Life, and discussing the ins and outs of it with a co-host, and that person is Ian Hoyt from Life Nomading. Uh, in this episode, you'll get to hear a little bit about Ian's business, Life Nomading, and how he got started and what exactly it does, and you'll also um, hear us discuss a lot of different topics around running our very own location-dependent businesses. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look at how uh, at what the statistics of this show are like uh, and the strategies that I'm using to grow the show and the plans that I have for future growth. We also chat about uh, the general state of podcasting, remote business, and a ton of other things in the space along with some other uh, strategies around Facebook advertising and uh, how to rank your podcast on iTunes. So if you're interested in kind of this very nerdy entrepreneurial conversation, I think that you're going to really like this talk between myself and Ian Hoyt that looks at this show and my business, That Remote Life. So uh, before we jump in, if you haven't left a review yet, please head on over to iTunes and leave an honest review that seriously helps out the podcast so much. Um but yeah, thank you so much, and let's dive into this week's episode with Ian Hoyt. Cool, guys. Well, welcome to uh, this new episode style of That Remote Show. Joining me today is Ian Hoyt, uh, one of my best friends and a fellow location-independent uh, entrepreneur. Uh, Ian is the founder of Life Nomading, and I'll give him a chance to kind of talk about that and what that's all about. But what the goal here with this is that we both kind of have businesses that are in the same direction, like we're kind of both just getting started and we're both deal with like location independence uh, being like a main part of our business. And so what we're going to do is just kind of like riff about where we're at, what our goals are, what we're struggling with, um, that sort of thing. And I think that it'll be, it could be really beneficial um, for you guys that are also in that beginning stages. Uh, but yeah, Ian, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's finally getting you on here. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'm so excited. It, it only took you like how many episodes to invite, you know, one of your best friends onto your beloved podcast. Well, I'm not going to have like my mom and my dad and like my friends. <laughs> like, I feel like that's like, <laughs> oh, this guy's just going down the line of his like, you know, <laughs> like At his top friends on Facebook. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. So let's chat a little bit because I don't think this would be very beneficial to people listening if they don't understand where like your, what your company does and like where you're at with things. So what is life nomading? And yeah, just kind of tell us like what life nomading is all about. And then we'll kind of get into some, uh, into the weeds. Cool. Let's get into it. Uh, so the quickish abbreviated version is, uh, life nomading started in, actually 2014 as just my personal blog um, about all things travel and also about like how I envision uh, the word nomading to kind of be incorporated into various aspects of your life, whether it's fiscally, whether it's, you know, actual location, travel, how you view your job and how you work, 
um, even your relationships, I would write a lot about how, how that incorporates in all those aspects of your life. And actually it started to garner a lot of just organic, natural readership. Um, and mind you, this is like five years ago. So I was, I was what, 20, 21 ish. So I was still pretty young, still trying to figure out my life. So it was a really good way for me to kind of just share my thoughts uh, when you're at that like formative time in your life trying to figure out what this all means. And so um, I started to grow a little bit of a readership, uh, kind of created a Facebook group um, around that and just started to connect um, travelers together. And as it started to grow and as I started to really hone in on my passion for travel and, you know, just seeing different cultures and experiencing different things, because I realized the power of that based off of my own travels, um, I realized I wanted to bring together all these people that were reading the blog uh, in some way in person. You can connect with people online, but at the end of the day, um, being able to connect in person is where it's at. So from there, I got the idea to actually start launching life nomading trips. And so we had our very first uh, trip to Iceland where uh, we planned the entire trip in the confines of um, what we believe kind of travel should be all about. So what I mean by that is we kind of leave the itinerary loose. Um, we cover the bases, but we do things throughout the week uh, to push you outside your comfort zone and really connect with uh, the culture and the people that you're traveling around. And so we did that trip. It was amazing. Um, like half of the people on the trip made like huge life-changing things after that trip. Like what? I never like one lady actually moved back to Iceland and she's still there today. Um, she wait, actually she like, wait, what do you mean yeah. she moved back? Like was, was she originally from there? She came on the trip no. and she, <laughs> she's from Chicago. Oh, so she just moved she, to Iceland. Yeah. She, we went on the trip. Um, she fell in love with Iceland. That. I also believe she fell in love with a guy and uh, um, always a she guy. moved back. She had the opportunity to work at a circus in Iceland cause she's like a circus performer. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's still there today. So there's that. And then, um, uh, one lady, she ended up becoming her own travel agent through it because she just loved it so much. And then another person is actually going on our upcoming trip. Uh, regardless, everyone loved the trip and it was amazing to see how they came together. And mm -hmm. then also how they kind of, um, I guess flourished or, you know, just kind of like had this kind of moment, aha moment while they're on the trip. So long story short, I loved it. It was the best feeling being, being able to facilitate that. Uh, and so now we're just really focused on launching more trips and building different ways to connect the community. We do, um, other meetups domestically as well. Uh, so yeah, it's just a hodgepodge of travel awesomeness. Yeah. And just to kind of um, lay this out there as well, that's not like your only gig. Like you do have a nine to five. And so does your, um, you know, your girlfriend, Caroline, who helps you with this. 
Um, and so we're both kind of, that's why I thought it'd be good for us to do this kind of together is that we are both at that stage where we have quote unquote nine to fives that are remote and that allow us to kind of experience this life. But we're also building businesses that are in that sphere um, that we hope yeah. to one day be full time. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that is super important. Um, I like to say that I kind of have like a <laughs> like a six to six or like two six to six jobs. But um, no, I I'm personally fortunate enough to also be able to work with my friend's company um, and, and work remotely as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Cool. Well, with that being said, um, let's dive into some of the nitty gritty of where we're at right now and then kind of like where we want to be. And so for those of you guys who are familiar with masterminds, this is kind of going to be like, I mean, Ian and I talk pretty regularly about this kind of stuff and this is going to be like a little like window into the kind of shit that we talk about. Um, and we're just kind of going to yeah. riff on it. Um, so I'll go first. Um, essentially, we're recording this at the end of June. It's what is it, like the 25th, 26th? I think it's the 26th. I think it's the 26th. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, so the big thing is obviously that I launched this podcast that you're listening to at the moment uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because the podcast like launched on May 13th, but I didn't actually announce it until the 19th because I knew so little that I didn't realize that iTunes had to like approve my podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah. so Are you kidding like, me? I, I'm not joking at all. Like, so it was this thing where I was like, yeah, we're launching. And then like, uh, pause, we're not launching because like, you know, iTunes is the biggest thing, but luckily um, they got, they get quicker about it nowadays, but well, it used to be still, much longer process. It's still supposedly like an actual person approving you is what they say. I believe it, which is weird. I but anyways, it. Um, so from, and I think this is going to be interesting for people who are interested in podcasts because the other thing about podcasting is like, for some reason, people don't talk about statistics and like, it's still kind of like this like wild, wild west in terms of like, well, you know why? Because statistics suck in the podcast world still. I mean, I, well, they're, I getting they're getting better, better. like, yeah, they're still pretty rudimentary compared to all the other marketing channels or content channels. Well, and it's I, think crazy. That, I think that that goes along with, I think that's the case for a lot of things podcasting, like iTunes in terms of searchability blows, like it yeah. is terrible. It is like probably 2006 Google, you know, it's yeah. just not really well done. And actually Apple is announcing that I think that they're going to start really investing in that. I mean, they're coming out with a whole new podcasting app, et cetera. It's et cetera. about damn time. I mean, right. But anyway, so I, I think this will be, this? yeah, okay. go for it. Um, so I think this is going to be pretty interesting because I'm just kind of going to be like, I'm going to lay out all my statistics and stuff like that. Um, so essentially since launching on the 13th up until today, we have 734 downloads over 10 episodes. So Nice. That's not bad. Yeah. So that's like, you know. I mean, obviously, it's not exactly even. Some have more than others, but what is that? Like an average of 73 downloads per episode. 
Give these um, peeps some context. What what like uh, what podcast like platform are you using to pull that from? Uh, yeah, so I'm using Transistor, which I think okay. you're using too. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I I like them because did I give you an affiliate link? That would have been nice. Wouldn't it have been? I don't. I don't think, think I did. did. <laughs> um, but they so everybody's kind of like recommending Libsyn and all this other stuff, and that feels very like 1999 to me when I looked at it. Um, and I, I really like Transistor because it's not like charging me for downloads. It's saying like, it's kind of like the Netflix approach. Like it's 19 bucks. Go for it. You know? Yeah. There's also something to be said for, um, you know, there are, there are a few other really, uh, intriguing solutions nowadays. Uh, I'm thinking, I can't think of the other solution. Yeah. Buzzsprout, Buzzsprout is the other good one. Yeah. Um, our, my roommate uses Buzzsprout and I think really enjoys it. Uh, the reason I went with Transistor in the first place was just um, it was really fun to be able to get behind the the guys that started it. And they're really transparent about how they're working to update it. And they're constantly trying to innovate. And so that really gets me excited. I love to spend my money on, you know, people that are trying to do awesome things. So. Yeah, they're they're pretty bootstrappy too. Like it's just I think it's just still like maybe two guys. Yeah, it's 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 pretty lean approach. Plus this is like this is this is why I loved it is like the the week we signed up, they included our podcast in their email blast. Oh, so nice. they love to feature like you know, their community. How did you so like how did that happen? I mean, so first of all, we should say that you do also have your own podcast. Like if people oh, search yeah. Life Nomading uh, on iTunes, iTunes is intelligent enough to actually put up your podcast. So that's good. Um, but how did that happen? It's also like, been how- there for years too. Like it, oh, it fell start- dormant. Yeah. yeah, I started in like 2015 or 16 or something. So it's been sitting there and we recently brought it back. We've been bad about uploading, but... Uh, we can talk about that more if you want. But um, how did I figure out about Transistor? No, like how did, or like how, how did, I, we did get in they? Email? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to like just like maybe the most like primal business like instinct or thing that I feel like I am decent about is just like when there's someone in business like make sure they know you exist and vice versa. So I signed up. Um, I think I probably got an email from them and I literally just replied to the email. It was probably an automated email. So like one of the things I do that I don't think a lot of people do is reply to emails like automated, like, like email blasts because you know, it's going to someone. Um, so I love doing that and I typically get a lot of responses. So I think that put us on their radar. Um, they're also a pretty small company, yeah. so they see every podcast that's coming through there. It's it's funny because um do you are you signed up for Tim Ferriss's like the five bullet Friday? Are you are you like signed up for that? I am not. Well, I, am not. I, I used to be, I think, but I don't Yeah, I don't really like look at it that much, but I'm there's my email just gets so many fucking emails on a daily basis that yeah everything gets lost but i will say the other day i looked at his and at the very bottom in like very big bold letters it says please do not reply to this email you will not get a response <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean for larger names definitely yeah. uh, 
Yeah, but I will say the most useful thing that Tim Ferriss has given me lately is uh, I actually am using his big ass uh, Tools of Titans book to prop up this mic right now. Um, so <laughs> thanks, Tim. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that uh, mic prop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but, back to podcast analytics. Right. So yeah, so the nice thing with Transistor is that it, they actually do provide you some pretty good analytics. Like uh, they do show you they show you, you know, like downloads, obviously. Um, they show you downloads per episode. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at it now, pulling it up. Um, but they do, the other thing that I like is that they show you, have you looked at this? They show you your estimated subscribers. Yeah, subscriber count. What's yeah. yours at? 44. <laughs> Ours is at 28 now. But also, I think that has something to do with um, a time variable, so like, or an upload variable. So like... Yep. You know, we said we were uploading every week. We've gotten off of that train um, in May. We kind of got off that train, so we haven't uploaded since May. Um, and I think that number was much higher. I think it was like 50 or 60 back when mm. we were uploading. And I, I will think... say, I just I do want to add my numbers just so maybe we can have context. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we're averaging about um, about a hundred and. 20 to 130 listens per episode um so yeah yeah i so it says it's they calculate it it's they average out the first 24 hours of downloads for your last three episodes gotcha yeah and our our last three episodes are our least listened mm. um, and i think that also goes to a thing maybe we want to talk about um not to go down the podcast rabbit hole, but like, um, you know, Caroline and I, we decided, okay, we're going to start back the podcast up because that goes into a philosophy on our marketing strategy and all that. But one thing to keep in mind is like testing things and changing it up. I think Mikko, you're doing a good job of us. Like we're having this like fireside chat, like style, conversation and it's different than your interview conversations and for us we realized that we started to really hate doing the podcast when we were kind of giving people like corny like how this s and travel like we don't like part of our whole philosophy at life nomading is we don't really want to tell you how to travel we just want to kind of give you context so that maybe that can help you figure it out on your own in a way. And so like we were doing these like, you know, best ways to get through the airport quicker and beginner's guide to surviving your first, I don't know, trip abroad or something. I don't, I don't know. And yes, those are our best listened episodes. Um, but like we hated it. And so we were like, Hey, we're going to change it up. We're going to do like more of a story based episode where we bring in someone and they tell like one of their, travel tales and then we cut it and make it really really fun to listen to kind of like a story booky vibe and we really loved them they cost a lot more to produce and they're not getting as listened as well so i don't know what that means but it's just interesting to look at yeah definitely not i mean i think it makes sense because like if somebody like if you lay out, I, I think it also helps in terms of like the title of the show. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it is seven tips to like have a better experience waiting at the airport, I immediately know what I'm going to get out of it. Wow. It's like Joe Schmo's experience in Slovakia. You know, right. you're going to be, you, you don't know what you're getting out of it. And when there's, I mean, even though there's a considerably less amount of podcasts than blogs, you're still, I, I still think that people have so many options on what to listen to that they're just going to go to like, okay, what's the thing that I'm going to get out of? You know what I mean? Right. Like what, what podcast is going to offer me something that I know exactly what I'm getting? Um, but Totally. Yeah, and it, the, I think that it is like an interesting thing to talk about is the difference between podcasting now and, and blogging because what I recently read the statistic, there's like something like 1 billion blogs out there or like sites or something like that. And there's, did you, have you heard this before? There's over 1 billion websites and there's less than 1 million active podcasts out Podcast. there. Wow. That's really intriguing. And I'm soon, soon we're going to have all those podcasts. <laughs> well, but. and, but here's the thing. So one of my strategies for, for growing the, the, the podcast, and uh, this is kind of like going back to, you know, talking about what I'm doing and, and kind of like what's working, what isn't working. But one of my strategies, and I think a strategy is pretty popular for growing a podcast is to reach out to other podcasters in a similar niche, uh, it, either yeah. in your direct niche or like a similar niche and to try to be featured as a, as a guest on there. And I had no idea but i'm so surprised by how many inactive podcasts there are i'm honestly not because i see the level of time like it is so disproportionate to the audience that like and it's always been this way and it's a product of also just not like gutting it out and keeping it as consistent as i should be but like it is a lot of time because podcasts are inherently a long form, you know, a uh, piece of content. Mm -hmm. And thus you're going to have to go through that content, whether you're editing it or whether you have an editor. And that is just a lot of time. Hold on. Is there, I think there's like a protest going on outside of my window. That is so New York. Oh, it's just kids. Um, <laughs> it will pass. But like, I just, I'm not surprised by the lack of active podcasts because I, I, I think you know as well, like it just takes a crap ton of time and there's like very little things you can do beyond a certain point to shorten that, that time of production. And that's what's been so important to me is, and, and we've had this conversation before about the difference in which we make podcasts. Like you're very quality, 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 quality. Like you're always, yep. you know, like, if you if people go to listen to your podcast, which they should go check it out, um, it's very. I mean, you cut into stories and you play music and you layer all this stuff. While my my idea behind this podcast was that I mean, I'm also not, you know, I'm using a microphone, I'm using all these things, um, you know, to make sure that the audio quality is as good as possible. But at the same time, I know that if I go in there and I have to layer in music and do all the stuff that you're doing, I will have a very hard time being consistent with it. And for me, it was consistency was more important than layering in like music and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I totally agree. I mean, listen, that's why we haven't uploaded in a couple in, a, in like a month or a month and a half is 
because of like and, and to give context, my background is like I I'm I was in branding and marketing and creative services. You know, that was the first business that I really was able to actually grow to some extent. And so I'm like, I, I hate that I'm this way, but I am very focused on creative quality and emotion and like making sure that some type of thing is being pulled out of every, every episode. And so that makes it really, 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 really hard to do. Um, and we decided that we're going to actually try to get away from that in the podcast. Um, we're going to shift our focus again in our strategy for the podcast. Uh, but yeah, quality and like time turnaround is the constant battle. It's the battle with YouTube as well, like uploading videos. It's the battle with blog content. I mean, there's always that like what level of quality is good enough for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think that you're touching onto something else there, which is you guys are also creating YouTube content. We and, do it all. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. it's like, it's really difficult to be consistent, especially consistent with a high level of quality across all those channels. And this is a conversation where I think you and I have different opinions on where it's like, for me, it's like, you know, and we've talked about this a lot where you're like, Miko, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And I'm like, yeah, but I know that if I try to do all those things, my personality, they're all going to crumble like shit where yeah. I would rather focus in on the podcast, make sure that's going well. And then once it's kind of like turning well, I can then like start turning onto something else because I, I did used to do that thing where I was doing 1800 things and then none of them fucking worked. And I think it's also worth to mention, like, that's kind of where we differ, right? Because, like, I, in a lot of ways, on a personal level, my personality thrives in kind of that chaos or, like, that try everything, like, you know, dabble, dabble, dabble. And I think that's where we differ, where, like, I think for you, the most constructive thing in your growth is to have that like focus, um, you know, really hone in on like one channel and like for a lot of people that that's probably the safest way to go in the sense of like, that's, that's how you're going to get the quickest traction is if you quadruple down on like one channel. I think I just have a really bad time with being able to do that. I think maybe I'm just like too ADD or something and I can't focus. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I actually have the same struggle. Like I get really bored really quick and I need to be doing something else. Like I actually really like the, like a lot of things happening. I really like that. But what I found is that like, it's not sustainable for me. Like I can't it's, sustain all the, like I can do it for like a month, like kind of juggle all those balls, but like long term, they kind of all fall down. And it sucks. I think the issue for me is like, probably like let's say like three or four years ago is when probably like four years ago I started to really dig into like all the different aspects of digital marketing and like SEO and um, you know YouTube back then like four years ago in YouTube was much different than it was now mm -hmm. and in all of those different areas even the podcast like all the areas I was actually getting like legitimate traction like you know i was getting like 
one of my videos back then got like got like 80,000 views on YouTube and then like I had blogs that were taking off and I was starting to make like a few hundred bucks a month in affiliate sales through these SEO things that I was testing and trying and then my podcast was getting serious listener listenership when I first started it and like I was getting leads from that it was crazy and so I think the issue was you know through the evolution of this business and it you know for the better part of life nomading it was more of a like a just like a personal project it's only been you know a year or two that it's been a serious like endeavor to grow and my issue is I've seen what success can look like they do these different things and now it's like you know now I want to I want to replicate it again with all these different channels I think that's my issue is like mm-hmm. I know what it takes but it also just takes doing repetitively, you know? Yeah. And I think that, that a tangent, I don't know if that, that was, I mean, we've been kind of on like a tangent for a little bit, but that's fine. Cause I think this is valuable still for, I mean, people who are in the same position that we are, I think this is valuable. And if it's not, please send me an Instagram DM and tell me <laughs> so that, so that we don't do like, these anymore. But, um, dude, I Mick think, Oak. Stop talking, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's like, you know, and it's funny that you say four years ago, because I think four years ago, there was a lot less, um, competition in terms of, there was a lot less competition that knew what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, like four years ago, isn't in reality a long time, but in the reality of like everything that is involved in digital you know remote companies it is like there weren't kids talking about wanting to be like famous vloggers or youtubers really as much like four years ago as or at least ones that were taken seriously right like now it's like commonplace for middle schoolers and i think high schoolers to like aspire to be a vlogger but like back then that that wasn't a thing like people watched vloggers but they didn't like you know, aspire to it as much. So just things have changed. And yeah. like the landscape of social media is like now fully matured in, in a lot of ways. And so it's just completely different. And like we can sit here and kick ourselves because I do sometimes. It's like, man, like if I would have just stayed the course back then to now, I think I'd be in a different situation. But like hindsight's 2020 right so yeah and i think like i mean one thing that i've been doing that's been kind of fun for me is uh you know tropical nba yeah yeah so i've gone back and i'm listening to some of their old episodes like from 2015 2014 that must be entertaining oh the difference like like not just the things that they talk about but the the audio quality of what they're putting out compared to what there is now is totally different the information is still great but the audio quality that they're actually producing at and they were winning at back then is now like not even close to where they're at now, you know? So I think that that goes to show is like, you know, four years ago, everybody was playing at like a lower level. And now for people coming in, like you need to come in at a certain level in order to be able to compete. Yeah. To, yeah. To a certain extent for sure. Yeah. I see like, you know, for us, like our YouTube strategy, you know, like 
we see our competitors in the niche of travel that we want to grow our YouTube channel in. Like back, you know, three years ago, they were, you know, very basic edits, you know, no color grading, you know, just like back then I, I'm a sucker for vloggers. And so I watch a lot of people's vlogs. It's my hobby. And, um, like you can see the quality is just like pretty, pretty terrible. Um, but the reason they are where they are now is not only that they uploaded consistently for years, but also they've, like you said, like they've leveled up. So now like because of all of those uploads in the past where they were literally learning through doing, they've learned how to edit better. They've learned to color grade. They've gotten better equipment and equipment's like definitely not always the thing, but like, I think nowadays it's like, like you said, there is that certain threshold, like you need a certain level of quality, I think to at least be taken seriously. If that's what you want, like you can still grow probably on a, like a shoestring, like, like not fancy vibe, but like, I think it's just a different type of growing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, it's just, it was, it was really when do cool. we actually know what we we're trying to say? Like, <laughs> I guess what I was getting at is like, it, it was really cool. Like travel vloggers from their first upload. And I've just watched it chronically, like mm-hmm. from the beginning to now. And you can see like every video you're like, Oh, they learned color grading this week. Like, Oh, they like, learned how to edit better. Oh, they must have gotten a better camera. It's really cool to see that. And I think, I think people should take that approach. You know, I don't think people should stop or like not do because they don't have the equipment, but just be, be able to get excited by the concept of getting better. Mm. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, okay. So let's do this. Here's like kind of like where, cause I think we've been kind of like talking about, like we haven't really dove into some of the numbers and stuff like that. So I want to get back yeah. to that, even though I think this was like a good conversation to have. Um, but here is kind of where I'm at and what my goal is for the next month in terms of like the podcasting. And I want you to tell me your opinions on all that. So yeah, I said that we have a total download of 734 um since for the month of no June. from the start okay of like may 13th like that awkward like oh we're launching but we're not kind of thing um but for the june it's actually for all of june it's actually 474 okay and my goal is to in july from july 1st to the end of july to hit 1000 downloads just in the month of july and you want me to tell you how i feel about that well i'll t- well yeah, first of all tell me how you feel about it um, I have some strategies on how to do that, but I'm just curious in terms of like your, ex- you know, your experience. Yeah. I think like, I think that is, I think that's definitely super like ambitious and awesome as a goal. Cause you're essentially what doubling your listenership in a month from yep. previous month. That's pretty awesome. And I'm sure you have some aggressive things or ideas on how to do that. Um, I used to I used to set goals like that, and I don't anymore. Um, I'm How like, come? I like setting like 
achievable, but like still kind of difficult goals um, and kind of play for like the, the long-term play. So like one of the things that Caroline and I do every month is we, we have like a beginning of the month goal setting uh, meeting and we use that to track the previous month's progress and then uh, what our goals are from that for the next month. And typically like, I'm not trying to double things ever. I'm trying to find, okay, why, why, and, and this is your first month. So it's really, really hard to track like where the progress is coming from. But like, I typically ask like, why is the number of this? How did we get there? And then what's realistic? And it typically ends up being somewhere around like 10 to 25% growth, like month over month. So it's like, okay, you know, this is our website traffic. Okay. I see the traction happening. If we just keep doing what we're doing, it will grow this bit, but how can we push it 10 or 20% more for this month over last month? So I typically grow on smaller, like smaller percentages. Um, but I think starting out, like, why not shoot for the fence? What are, what are your strategies for doubling? Well, and I, I actually agree with that. Um, but I think that because I'm just getting started out, there are so many things that can be improved or done better that I think that like the growth can be faster in the beginning, sort of, that makes sense. Um, like I think that once you hit a stride and you're kind of doing everything right, there's not that much more that you can do to kind of like improve it, you know, but when you're just getting started, like, um, so for example, kind of like the thing that I've noticed is, um, so my main strategy for growing, like I mentioned, has been getting on other shows, which I've actually, I feel like done a good job at, um, this first month, like I've been on some pretty big podcasts. I was on extra pack of peanuts, zero to travel location, indie, uh, world wonders. So I actually got out there uh, pretty well, I would say. Um, but the thing that I, it, that's sort of running out, like I don't really have any more of those coming up. Um, and I'm kind of starting to run out of people in my direct niche to like reach out to because you can only reach out so many people and like I'm not going to keep spamming people. Like if they're not interested in having me on, then I'm not going to like spam the crap out of them. Um, but the other thing that I've noticed is that uh, if I have guests on with large social media channels, that tends to help a lot because even if the conversion isn't as easy from podcast to podcast, right? So like if I'm on somebody's podcast, it's an immediate conversion because they're already listening to podcasts. But if somebody has a large social media audience within that audience, there's a strong chance. There's also going to be podcast listeners for that topic, but not as many, but not as many. Right. And that, that audience not necessarily always listens to podcasts, but some subset does. Yeah. So percentage wise. So I think, I think the number can still be large. Maybe the percent of the audience may not be that large. Maybe maybe your strategy is then how can you push yourself? Because this also goes back to Caroline and I's, by the way, Caroline's my girlfriend and also my business partner in life nomading. But like we always, we don't say, okay, we want to get X more subscribers on YouTube. We say, okay, yeah, we want to get X amount subscribers on YouTube by Y, but our main goals then tear out what are actionable 
than metrics and goals we can do that we think will help make that happen. So is it, okay, we're going to comment on five videos a day, you know, in the comments section, because we think that that's actually going to help us get subscribers. That's a metric. So then that's X amount of comments a month we have to do. So for you, what I would see if I were you, I'd be like, all right, the theory is growth can definitely exponentially happen through just leveling up the people you have on your podcast. So what things do you do to get those level up guests? You know, and I think like, oh, go ahead. Well, so this is, I yeah, so I think we're thinking along the same lines here. And I think that you might be interested in this as well is a series that I'm planning on releasing is like, obviously this is not like fine tuned yet as like a series title, but like YouTube digital nomads as businesses, right? So I think the digital nomad nomad phenomenon and like movement has been really well documented through certain YouTube channels. And I find that, and I know you do as well, a very interesting type of business. And I want to almost do like a series of like, you know, several people that have, I think done a really good job of building a, you know, location independent YouTube business. Um, And the good thing with that is one, it's really interesting Two, you're going to get very quickly different views on the same topic from the different guests. But then also a lot of those people tend to also have large social media channels, whether it be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, and I think that, that that audience could be a good boost to the podcast. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think that sounds like a sound concept. I think it makes sense. I think the bigger question is like, all right, Mitko, what are you going to do? tactically in July like what tactical like numbers are you gonna put on that like I'm gonna reach out to X amount of those people like I'm gonna build a list of X amount and I'm gonna reach out to X amount a day like that's I mean and everyone works a little bit differently but like that for us works really well like I know every day I'm reaching out to five new startups for our team retreat stuff. That's a whole nother service offering mm-hmm. we do. But like, like, you know, if you can break down your daily tasks into bite-sized things that your hypothesis says should work, then at the end of the month, you can be like, all right, I did this. What were the results? And then you can have like a analytical brain about like, all right, well, that didn't pan out how I you know thought it now maybe I did get traction from it so maybe I just need to up those numbers to get results or maybe I need to try something differently so like for you what does that mean for you do you think so I think this is like um, a piece of information and that's missing in the conversation is that I already do outreach on a daily basis whether it's building up long-term relationships whether it's me reaching out to have somebody on the podcast or reaching out to be on someone's podcast. So I I think what I've been doing so far has actually been successful in terms of daily outreach. I think it will just um, like turn to where it's very focused on just the like YouTube space with like okay. digital nomad YouTubers, location dependent uh, business owners who are on YouTube and just kind of like move that in that direction. Um, How many do you think you need to get committed to be on the show 
a I month. I think I want to do well. I want to do like one short series. So I want to do like a four episode series that's just going to be in one month. So this is okay. the thing actually that I think that this won't happen in July though, um, because I already have all of July booked out with interviews. So it will likely be August. Will be the month where that happens. Yeah. And you're you're a weekly podcast, right? Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So, are you saying you don't tune in every week? What's going on here, Ian? I wish, man. I had too many podcasts, too little time. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but yeah, so that's the one thing. And then the other thing that I kind of realized, and this goes back to something that we were talking about, about how many podcasts go inactive. But I did some research on like, you know, there's lots of these people who put together like these like listicles of the best podcasts in X niche. Yeah. Half of the ones that are in like digital nomad, location independent, whatever, are defunct. Like half of the ones that are listed well, out are not around anymore. That's a opportunity for you. I mean, like that. Yeah. I mean, that definitely probably, and I'm sure it already is, but should be a part of your strategy is like reaching out to all those broken links and like getting them updated if possible for you to be on there. Well, so it's not that the link is broken. Uh, but I'm it is because it it's defunct. It's, in, it's an right. episode that you know, or it's a podcast that's not active. So, right. And so I think, I mean, it hasn't been a part of my strategy up until now, but I definitely think that it will be now going forward. Now that the podcast has been launched, some stuff have been figured out. Like we're definitely hitting more of a role here. So I'm going to call you out though. I'm going to call you out right now. Add some like sound effects, like a bow, 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 like call out, Mitko call out. I don't but know if like, I do that, but um, first call out of of the call. So you said that you want to double your listenership for July, right? Mm-hmm. Now I think everything you talked about so far is great, but I don't think that has an impact on your July. So I think you're right. So what does that mean? Does it mean you want to change your expectation for July? Um, you know, why do you want to double? Like, why do you want to double? Is it just to double? You know, if you want to double, that's fine. But I don't think we've talked about any strategies that actually get you there for July. Yeah, you might be right. Um, I think that by August, I should be able to hit a thousand in one month. Um, but I do think that July might be a bit tough that being said i don't mind missing like have you i was gonna say i mean like if doubling is a priority have you thought about you know our roommate has a podcast um what's your favorite scary movie and he he's done some even just like some very rudimentary like boosted posts um and he you know that that is a an interesting channel to get some pretty cheap, cheap exposure to the podcast. Now, you know, it's a finicky thing. I mean, I, I trust that, you know, a little bit more than the average person on Facebook targeting, but, um, I don't know. That's something to think about. Like even like even 20 bucks could get you some good traction. It's actually, that's something that I've been toying with. Um, I actually heard this strategy from Pat Flynn and I'm, I'm really curious to hear what you, what you think about this, but essentially what Pat Flynn suggests is not for me to boost my own episodes, but to give money to the content producer. So like give money to a podcast owner 
whose podcast I've been on. So if I were to go on the Live Nomading podcast, I know that you have an audience on Facebook and I say, hey, here's 100 bucks, boost it to your audience. Yeah, it's it's 100% a good concept. Um, the only downfall there is trusting that whoever's doing that on their end like knows what they're doing. But like mm-hmm. in general, yeah, that's a really, really sound concept because like for you, your biggest downfall right now is you don't have like you have an audience, but like you don't have an audience yeah. compared to like a lot of other people. And especially in the eyes of like Facebook, like other larger podcasts have a pretty awesome like audience base and whether they're using that or a lookalike audience on Facebook, like they're going to have a pretty badass targeting if they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So a 20, you know, a hundred dollars or 20 bucks or whatever you pay them to boost your episode would go a bajillion times further than you trying to like finagle some type of targeting because you don't have a user base yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it's I mean, and you'll get so much more out of your dollar. Yeah, and I think that also with, I mean, the Pat Flynn's of the world, when they're getting interviewed on another massive podcast, like those people have people running ads for them. So like when you're when you're funding, and I'm guessing Pat Flynn doesn't fund the hundred bucks, he's probably funding a thousand, two thousand. That goes a lot further when somebody's actually like knows what they're doing and running ads. Yeah, and uh, not to get totally off topic, but like you know, for the other company that I work with, um, you know we do similar strategies. Like we'll do different, um, different marketing or promotional efforts in partnership with either large press or TV outlets or sales channels. And in turn, we get, you know, a larger like customer list or customer audience that we would have rather never had. And so all of a sudden we have that ability to hyper target those new audiences or things like that. So it's, it's a sound concept to do. Another thing that I wanted to riff about that was kind of a beginning strategy of mine. I think it is for a lot of podcasters, but now when I'm kind of like, Hey, I have a little bit of experience, even though it's a month in terms of like, I've just been like creating things and being in the space and looking at the how realistic this is so a lot of podcasters that i've talked to i'm fortunate enough to know people who do have very large podcasts um and a lot of them will say that one of the their big breaks quote unquote was getting on the new and noteworthy list on itunes yeah yeah and i mean of course that's something that like i was thinking about in the beginning as well but i'm kind of straight up abandoning getting on that and the reason why i'm doing that so i was looking at this earlier okay currently the new and noteworthy on itunes has the national geographic podcast the la times podcast uh chelsea handler's podcast uh justin long from uh do you remember that god what was that movie oh dodgeball he's in dodgeball so his podcast and Lauren Conrad's. So that's one. Lauren two. Conrad has a podcast. Yeah, it's asking yeah. for a friend. Um, but so it's Lauren Conrad's podcast, Justin Long, 
the LA Times, Chelsea Handler, and National Geographic. So that's five, six spaces out of what, like 15? Yeah. So there's like the the chances. And then I clicked on one. This is just out of curiosity. I clicked on one of them that looked like it was more like not the LA Times or something like that. And it's by Emma Chamberlain, who I've never heard of. But I guess she's a YouTuber and she has 12 episodes out since April and has 20,000 reviews. Yeah, I believe it. So it's like there, it. like there's no way that like unless you already have an established audience like her on YouTube that you can land on one of these things. I feel like we've been talking in this like silo of like things that people have done to find success with mm-hmm. growing their audience, right? But what we haven't hit on is like how can we like I think also one thing to keep in mind is like a lot of people that have grown audiences or have seen like a decent growth in way shape or form has not only experimented with how or like what they've done to grow um but they they got kind of creative and like they did things outside of the norm to kind of circumvent some of those traditional avenues of growth so i'm curious like what your thoughts are i have like a few like things i would throw at you like i think the facebook like promotion thing could be a a really good way but you know one of the other things i was looking at that i've never done i'm curious what your opinion is but like do you know overcast yeah uh, uh, do you use overcast i do it's my main personally? podcasting app yeah same you know you can like promote your podcast to be at the top of like a category page you can pay to have ad there for like like a certain amount of time so i've always now- been really intrigued now that you say that, I've looked, I've seen ads on Overcast, but I've never thought about, like, have you looked at, like, what they cost or anything like that? It depends on the industry. The more desirable the industry, the more it is. I'm going to try to pull it up as we're talking, but, hmm. um, like, a couple hundred bucks. Um, I don't know for how long, but I've just been really intrigued to try that. I think I might try it personally for the life nomading podcast when we get back into a cadence, but I, it's one of those things. It's like, what are the ways to get in front of the audience? I, I mean, people are using overcast. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not, you know? Yeah. That's one. I I think another one. And again, you know, yes, this is something that other people have used to have some success, but I think that that's like good to look at is um like doing uh giveaways like partnering with another company or something like that to then like release like and you know targeting in some way to your niche and doing like some sort of like a you know giveaway for like reviews or whatever do you know um what category your podcast is in uh, it's like the business management one. Oh, great. So you get one of the most expensive ones. Um, so like <laughs> they vary, they literally vary on a 30 day basis. Um, like the cheapest one is like religion and spirituality category for like 90 bucks. Um, but for like, like what, like what does that get you? 30 days you get to be at the, like the top of the, okay. but for business it's 1325. 1325 and it estimates that you'll get 
around a hundred subscribers. So is it worth $13 a subscriber? I don't know, but you'll get like 2000 to 2,500 taps. It says whatever that means. I don't know. It's just like one of those intriguing things I saw a couple months ago and I was like, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I've never thought about that. It's not a bad idea. Like, can you do it for less than a month? Like, can I do a quarter of the price for like a week? I don't think so. Mm. No bueno. But the other thing that I've been thinking about and I want to get your opinion on um, is actually like improving the searchability on iTunes. So this is something that I was playing around with. And I think you're going to find this really interesting. So if you, if I search digital nomad in itunes i'm doing it right now i was looking at this earlier but does okay, light nomading show up uh no oh, okay but here's the thing is that i know this is technically frowned upon i don't know if it's frowned upon or it's just like but what people will do is they'll say like for example uh the podcast title and then within the title they'll also give it a description do you see where i'm going with this Yes, yeah. So they'll Because I like, used to do that. Okay, why did you stop? I think it was more of a it was more of a branding thing. Like hmm. I think I just from a branding perspective I wanted to get away from that. Um I mainly did it in the actual um like the authorship. Like yeah. I think I said like Ian Hoyt and then I put like digital note like remote work or like all the travel something you know like all this different yeah. stuff and it worked yeah it worked like i can't tell you the amount of people that reached out through finding our podcast and even and like you said like it's still pretty elementary from an seo standpoint but yeah so what i was reading on is that people were essentially saying is like that's not going to be a thing anymore within like probably like the Agreed, next like, yeah. year or so because itunes is really improving their searchability in iTunes um, or Apple is improving their searchability in iTunes. Like they're trying to catch, like it's it's like the same way that why that shit doesn't work on Google anymore the way that it used to in like 2007. Google will be the same thing for iTunes. However, that being said, it still works right now. I'll give you a perfect example. There's a podcast on iTunes called The Remote Podcast. It's by Victor Kung, who I actually like know a little bit, but he used to do the whole digital nomad content thing um, about a a few years ago and he had a podcast and he hasn't published anything since 2017. So he had a podcast with 20 episodes from February 2017 to June 2017. He hasn't published anything else. He has like 35 reviews on iTunes, but he's rated as like he is listed as one of the like first podcasts in the if you search digital nomad because the title is the remote podcast colon or whatever what are those two dots called doesn't matter digital nomad interviews with remote workers freelancers location dependent entrepreneurs yeah i believe it yeah i believe it because we were in the same boat like we get a bunch of responses like even before we started re-uploading in similar keywords i think it's because of because of that so uh, I, I think iTunes is going to get with the game at, at some point, but yeah, it's, it's been a slow update. And that's, I will a, say that, I'm, I'm already on there, which I didn't know. That's something to also like, I don't think we should belabor it right now, but like 
I think you should quadruple down on like you have this podcast episode. Um, I think you should really take your blog seriously and the impact that you could make each episode have from an article standpoint on your blog. Mm -hmm. Like that's a long-term strategy, but like I, I can tell you this, we publish a lot of blog content, but the, the fact that we were uploading a podcast as a blog article with a transcript and all that stuff, um, consistently for a couple months there show it shows in our SEO growth as well. Like it, it has some lasting impact on just like a way to add more and more content to your, to your site. So like, I think that's something you should keep in mind. And also like, how could you use the topics that you're covering with your guests to maybe get searched more in on Google. So like you have X guest, but maybe the article is more tailored towards the actual topic and not about the guest. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah, I was, so that's definitely something that's on my mind. Here's the thing though. Um, I think that my website as a thing is actually not as good as it can be in terms of like, in Matt Giovannisi's kind of like words, like if each blog post is a seed, my soil isn't very healthy right now. And that's something that he actually talked about. What does He's that gonna fucking on... mean? So I'll, what does I'll that explain even fucking it. Mean? I'll, I'll explain it. He's going to be on the podcast next week, actually. Um, I mean, he's already interviewed, but his podcast is going to launch the week after this one does. But anyways, what he's saying is that the reason why he's able to do so well in SEO is that his website is super healthy as a platform. And mine right now is everything that I've tried to do. It's actually not doing too hot. And I've taken action towards that where I'm actually getting on. I actually just got on Flywheel. So I got like domain hosting via Fizzle with Flywheel. Um, and I'm hoping that that boosts a lot. And then once that happens, I think that each I doubt, action... I doubt it's your site's quote-unquote health that's holding back growth of your site. I can no, tell you that straight up. It's load speed. Bullshit. Because our load speed, pull up Life Nomading's load speed, it is the world's slowest site in the world. Like It's probably the world's slowest site. But we we grow month over month from an SEO standpoint. So... Calling bullshit on that second bullshit call out of the moment of the call because I care about load speed too. And I've spent countless times trying to figure out different ways to speed up our site without breaking the bank. And I'm at a loss, crap ton of content, you know, photos. Like we have a crap ton of it on our site. So it's like a really hard thing to completely do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But we're still growing, we're still crushing content and like, stuff we published you know lately still is climbing the ranks for what we're like focused on so like i do think site speed is important i do think like some of those mechanics are important but i can tell you from a person that has a slow ass site it's not your site health that's holding you back well i think it's both like i'm not saying that if my site was lightning fast it's gonna rank well for like there's not that much like written content on the site. 
But it which, sounds like an excuse. It sounds like no, 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 a no. reason why you're not doing something. No, no, no. It's not an excuse. It's that this comes down to the focus thing again, right? Like I focus on creating content in one channel, yeah. podcasting. Now, once that gets going, and it is now getting to a point where there is a process, like everything's running around more smoothly. It's, editing is taking a lot shorter. There's a back, like I have multiple podcasts edited and like ready then I can kind of shift my focus to creating content. And the one thing that I could do that actually wasn't taking that much time to make sure that, that content that I produce does better was in the in the background of all this to prep the site for then those posts being put up there. I got you. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing to do. I was just, I wanted to give you data point that like yeah. I've been in the same boat. Like I've been like, oh, my site's feed's so slow. I'm not going to rank. But like that's not sure. the case. You still rank for stuff if you if you do the SEO you know, research and all that, you know, whatever. But So here's, yeah, so in wrapping up, because I think this is actually an interesting place to wrap up because I do have my stats for my website visits for June. And I think this would be really interesting to revisit once these things get implemented, right? So for June, I have 469 views and 262 visitors site-wide. Okay. Gotcha. So it would be really interesting. So again, about 500 views and about 300 visitors. So it would be really interesting to revisit this next time we do it and see how that's improved because there is a growth. Even with the podcast happening, like obviously like this stuff has increased on the site as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm still kind of disappointed we didn't figure out an actual tactical thing to get to your goal. Well, I think we did. Um, I mean, I have some tactical things. I think I am going to like edit the searchability a little bit so that even when iTunes eventually does take this stuff off, like I can just go back in there and edit it and fix it up for whatever new release they do. But in the meantime, that will help people find it. Um, I think that you're correct in that for July, the 1,000 downloads in July might be a, a bit over the top. And I think... If that gets moved to August, it's doable. Well, let's move something to July. Like, why not lower the number? Yeah, I like, mean, so is well, is like six hundred, like or seven hundred, like that seems more attainable, but like also still probably a challenge. Mm. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say like 700. Like, let's go with 700 for July. Dope. Yeah. Sick. So when we talk next month, you're going to be like, hey, I got 1,000. We're going to be like, fuck yeah, we just got, you just got 300 more than you wanted. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, any, in wrapping up, any closing remarks? No, that went pretty quick. Um I'll be surprised if people find value out of that, but I hope they do. I think we yeah. just went on a bunch of tangents. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> you know, let us know. Like I said, you can find me. We'll on get Instagram. better at this. Yeah, this is the one thing that iTunes is really missing is like a comment thing. Like I wish people could like comment on the episodes. Um, but until that happens, um, reach out to us on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Mitkoka M I T K O K A, and just like. Let me know. Was this good? Yeah. Was it not good? Yeah. And please don't reach out to me on Instagram. Reach out to me on YouTube. 
Um, you can find me by searching my name, Ian Hoyt, and comment in a video, and I will reply to you. I would appreciate it very much. Cool, man. Well, um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on and doing this. Uh, we're going to be in Bulgaria here soon, like in July. So Yeah, two months. Yeah, two months. Yeah, we need to get into that at some point. Maybe next next month we'll talk about yeah, that. For sure. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to see what you do in the month of July to make the podcast blow up. I'm raising the roof right now on video. Whoop, whoop. Anyways, whoop, whoop. thank you guys so much. Uh, cheers. Cheers.